2: would you like to go sailing with me? I have no experience sailing, but I will be on a boat next Thursday, December 15th, and it is a benefit of being a Florence Marine X member. So if you're in Southern California and you're already a member, you probably received an email invite. If you replied yes to it, then I will see you there. If you're outside of Southern California, This is just one of the member benefits. Another is the video that is John John Florence and Jack Robinson surfing Waimea Bay this winter. It was actually Jack Robinson's first session out at Waimea ever. So they released that footage to members. It's incredible footage. That's the only place you could see it It is on FlorenceMarineX.com. Grab some gear, join the community, and have exclusive access to John John and what he's up to throughout the year. So FlorenceMarineX.com. Enjoy. Enjoy. And Veyr watches, V-A-E-R vayerwatches.com, functional tools for everyday life and adventure. Vayer was founded by two young guys. They're surfers. They live in Venice Beach, California, Ryan and Reagan. They couldn't afford the watches that they liked, and they didn't really like the watches that they could afford. So they plunged their life savings into Vayer to make the perfect everyday watch for whatever adventure you're into. So if you did not participate in Black Friday and get the deep discounts that Vayer was offering, don't fret, we've got a discount for you. It is code surf15, surf15. And that'll save you 15% off fayerwatches.com. What I am going to suggest, uh, presuming that you spend time outdoors and surf, is they have a line of solar watches so there's no traditional battery it's just a solar cell under the dial and just six hours of sunlight charges the watch for six months so essentially if you're wearing it regularly it's getting sun exposure it'll just last in perpetuity i wear this watch every time i surf i wear it almost every day and uh, i love it it's incredible it gets compliments too. So. They have designs for everyone, easy returns, free shipping, two-year warranty, over 4,000 customer reviews on their website, plus plenty of reviews from major outlets like GQ, Hodinkee, the New York Times. Consider it for gift giving. If you already did get one for yourself, this also makes the perfect gift. So check it all out at veyerwatches.com, V-A-E-R. And again, use our code SURF15 to save 15% off the purchase. So enjoy that and enjoy the relief of getting your Christmas shopping done at veyerwatches.com. It's been super interesting and just really great to see Clark Little's career evolve in the time that I've been paying attention to surfing. Uh, when I was a kid, just flipping through surf magazines, Clark was a professional surfer. A lot of people who follow him on Instagram probably don't know that or certainly don't remember it, but he was a professional surfer back in the day, probably in the mid to late 90s. And uh, from my vantage point, it seemed that he made his career off of charging Waimea Bay shorebreak and not connecting it from the outside like you see people do and then riding into the shore break but actually sitting on a shorter board and just trying to make that drop and ride the clothes out for as long as possible and i watched him parlay that comfort in the shore break into the photography career that you probably know him for now which in the last decade, he has grown well beyond our little surf world and into a legitimate world-renowned fine artist through his photography. And there are a handful of photographers who have transitioned out of the surf world into a much bigger opportunities, but none of them, I would argue, have such a singular recognizable aesthetic and focus as Clark Little. He is the pioneer of shore break photography and through that work, Clark takes us inside a type of wave that has rarely ever been seen by human beings. Massive shore break that is super dangerous, but those waves also take a shape, a dimension and take on a color that you simply don't see in deeper water barrels. I've seen a ton of ocean photography, but Clark's images produce things that I have never seen before. So he's given us access to this world that was always right on the periphery of our surfing when we are in Hawaii. And then because of his pioneering, other photographers are now exploring that shore break territory around the world. It's this whole new genre of photography. So those are things that Clark and I discuss in this chat. We also discuss his origin story, his current relationship with surfing itself, and his newer passion for exploring photography beyond the shore break. This conversation, by the way, was recorded way back in January of 2018, so nearly five years ago next month. Uh, And it was recorded with the help of Peter King, so thank you, Peter King. It was while Clark was at his home in Oahu and I was at my home in Southern California. So without further ado, my name is David Scales and here's my conversation with Clark Little. Enjoy.
1: monster got woken up and now Now I'm in his paw Of these words I've tried to recite They are clear, but not quite Almost implied
2: I remember like two years ago, Peter posted an Instagram and it was actually a video of your phone when you published an Instagram and instantaneously, like within seconds, your screen was just rolling like a ticker tape with nonstop notifications of people liking and commenting. I think um, it and that was years ago. That was like you probably had less than a million followers at the time and you're up to two million now i think instagram's amazing way to showcase your work but it's also a great way to communicate with fans can you even communicate with fans when you have that many notifications coming through
3: um, you, you can, it's funny, I, I remember that also, um, and, uh, it definitely can take your iPhone battery down within, a, I don't know, 30 minutes or something, uh, when you have all the notifications, but if I just put comment notifications once in a while, you know, you can catch a, a comment here and there, but, um, I love the support, I love the, the, you know, the, the positive feedback, um, it's, it's been great, it keeps me driven, and, um, so, can I, yeah, once in a while, I'll try to comment, back because it's fun you know i mean people are stoked uh, to to be able to kind of interact and and i try to do that as often as possible and um it's it's awesome man it's really fun
2: it it's super cool that you comment back i just couldn't believe that you could even manage it on your own are you the one who's actually managing the account
3: i yes i am i am i am so um Peter King La Jolla actually it's once remarkable. in a blue moon t- does a couple of little live things, which is insane. And uh, people love to see that. Sometimes we're going down to the beach and he's trying to, you know, make technology work even more cool and get people inside of me right on the beach shooting, which is really neat. And so, yeah, but, but other than that, I do everything and, and um, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah like I said it's it's fun I mean you make it positive you make it exciting I mean I'm out there capturing things in Hawaii you know whether it's whales sharks uh, big waves uh, small waves it doesn't matter it's just for me it's the the thrill and the adrenaline and the the vibe is already cool and if I can share that same space with other people that's the, it's 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 really fun
2: yeah I would imagine. Instagram has um, expedited your growth in your career, you know, in ways that it wouldn't have been able to 10 years ago, for sure. Just by having it as a platform to showcase the work.
3: It's it's really good for showcasing work. It's good for going and doing tours and meeting up with people from wherever in the part in the world. Um, you know you yeah. can say hey i'm having an event here and, and people show up and and that's a huge tool that you don't have to pay for which is absolutely crazy so yeah i'm stoked that there is instagram and facebook and twitter and all these things because it it has helped um kind of actually uh i'd say the, my career's got a second wind i mean i'm still doing what i'm doing i'm expanding into drones and and You know sharks and other things but um yeah definitely one push of the button going out to two million people is a benefit (laughs) for sure
2: i i actually i have origin story questions that we'll come back to but since you're talking about the the drone stuff i'll jump ahead a little bit i feel like you could easily you have really branded yourself as the shore break guy intentionally or not. And so I was wondering about that. Like, do you have interest in expanding beyond the shore break? And it sounds like obviously, obviously you do. Right. And, and if you do, do you get resistance at all from the community who wants to see more shore break shots?
3: first of all yeah I love shooting other things besides shore break um whether it's even going to the big island shooting the lava it fascinates me there's so much crazy stuff in Hawaii that to shoot um and that can thrill me I mean doing the drone let's say a 20-foot day where I can't jump in the shore break I can hop on on uh you know my drone take it up and and get Mm -hmm. some crazy shots from some aerials uh so and then from other people, no, they, they they love the the change, the mix up, the the um, different looks. Um, I think you know with the aerial stuff. I mean, that's I can sit on the the beach and and shoot aerials all day, and you know I can go out and and even shoot you know whales turtles um it's it's endless and to be honest it's exciting when i'm watching a mom and a, a, a pup whale swim around and interact with each other and then do a breach or something i mean i'm just as tickled as shooting a 10-foot shore break wave so um are you oh yeah i love it I'm, I'm a whale fanatic i went to tonga to to shoot whales because i was so kind of like just intrigued and and and, and just i just love whales they're just so Big, 60,000 pounds, man. You go underwater and you see this thing looking at you and you're like, it's just, he could give you a little flap with his wing and, and KO you. I don't know what it is, but it just, it fascinates me. And they are so graceful and beautiful uh, to capture that beauty and grace and, and, and share it. Um, you know, I'm hoping people can get that chicken skin feel feeling I got when I, when I took that moment and, and share it with these people and give them that, you know, that fun, uh, exciting uh, thrill.
2: I couldn't imagine it. And I know you talked about that in Peter's movie, um, shore break, and you mentioned it, it was like a school bus kind of swimming by you. And I have been underwater snorkeling and stuff like that. And without the sense of sound you do get snuck up on and you'll turn and you'll see an animal or something and it freaks you out. I couldn't imagine it being the
3: size of a bus. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen like I've gone diving and turned and There was a big fish. (laughs) I was like, Whoa, you know, so scary. They're smart. though, they know where they are. They don't, You know they don't hit you or hurt you they're they're cool with humans i mean so long we respect their space and and the babies and stuff but um yeah it's it's a rad radical feeling and like i said i i I took the the trip and went all the way down to tonga and and i spent a a week there with uh, juan and ocean the, the shark dudes and and it was incredible the, the interactions we got and, and how tame and 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 playful they were. Um, it was just incredible. So, yeah. Other than shore break, there are other things that I love. And um, now I have the equipment. I have no excuse. <laughs> I have no excuse not to go out there right. and, get, and get the shot.
2: Time, time is going to be the one limiter for you, man
3: i know time and children i got children i go to like yesterday i went out watch my daughters playing a so- soccer game which is insane they won and i was all the way in town and two people were texting me whales and babies they're right here i won't even tell you how close and you know along the shore because you know right now it's whale season so that, that's kind of i've been Focusing on that when there's no shore break, which right now it's flat. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, time is 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 it. I mean, if if you don't have, the, well, luckily I have the time. I'm flexible. I, I can I can change my schedule as needed, and uh, that's one beauty of being you know owning this uh, photography business and the gallery is I can hop, skip, and jump even to California and wherever in a heartbeat, and yeah. um, not have to say, oh, I got to go to work nine to five grind, and that's that's important.
2: Well, let's backtrack a little bit and go to the beginning. I, my first exposure to you was in the mid nineties, I think, um, seeing you surf YMA a break in, in the magazines. Um, you're writing, I think HIC boards back at the time. Yep. Yep. I'm thinking like on those swells obviously pipe was pumping and a lot of other spots what was your initial
3: fascination with this with the shore break well i mean initially i could look at pipe and see 100 100 surfers 30 foot photographers i didn't want nothing of it really the crowd um and then you know i've been in the shore break you know why may i be um since i was a kid you know i was raised on the north shore so um that was kind of my comfort zone so i wouldn't put myself out there in a, you know, I mean, the outside is usually 15 to 18s. Kind of a day when I would surf the shore break where it'd start winding the big lefts. Um, yeah. And and it would be me, maybe in a couple body boarders. So I'd be out there by myself. Just ch- honestly, it'd be all for me. It's a challenge of making the drop and pulling in. That that that's all it was. Right. I didn't need to come out. I just want to get that vision. I want to get that thrill of making a drop on a big fat shore break wave, pulling in and riding it. And um, that's what I did. And and uh, I I enjoyed it. I broke, of course, a lot of HIC boards. Um, they used to. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get twelve trade-ins. I remember because they would just, you know, some like eight free ones and then twelve trade-ins because I was breaking them all the time. But I was getting great exposure and um, you know in the magazines and and uh, just having fun at that time. You know, just kind of surfing a few pro pro-am, pro am pro contests, the white you know all these little ones in eva sunset, and then just kind of having fun with it. I was working at the botanical garden at that time, but. Um, all those years of surfing the show break definitely um, I use today um, when I'm shooting. I mean, just all the experience and knowing where to be and positioning positioning myself in the perfect spot to get that shot.
2: Well, you mentioned you mentioned you were getting the exposure. Obviously, that's through photographers. Was that your first introduction to the world of photography, working with surf photographers?
3: My dad, actually. I mean, if you really want to get oh, really? Well, my dad taught photography. We moved to Hawaii when I was one um, from Napa. So,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, my dad got a job teaching at Punahou High School photography. He started the program back in the seventies. So that yeah, was yeah. my first taste of meeting in the dark room and things. Um, but as regarding seeing the cameras and maybe surf photography, yes. Um, I was out surfing the show break and one day Warren Bolster came up to me and he said, Hey Clark, you know, because I just, I just surfed whenever it was good. I didn't care if it was the evenings or whatever. He's like, come in the morning one day. That's when we're all shooting it. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I came in the morning, and that's when I started to get the exposure. Because all these photographers were shooting. You know, the light hits it perfectly at one man. there on the side of the rocks shooting into the barrel. And that's when I started right. to get all that exposure and, and all those shots. And, um, you know, Warren, you know, of course, he showed me the camera and the pictures. And, you know, I was excited. But I didn't really know anything until I got my own camera um and that's a whole other story in itself you know met with brian bielman said hey i want to shoot some short break pictures uh can you help me out and he recommended some stuff put in a good hour plus of just what to do how to do it and i just started shooting one at a time and I swear, no one was doing it. Of course, um, at that time, I know. Yeah, there was no GoPros. It was just Clark Little and Ke- at Keiki Shorebreak and at Waimea Shorebreak with no photographers, zero.
2: I'm wondering what what was the inspiration or why stop surfing? Like, if you were getting this thrill from surfing, what was your interest in transitioning to photography?
3: Um, I i well, my wife, of course, there's a story, right? She brought a picture home of a wave, and it was a shore break wave of Waimea Bay that Hank photo took, and, and she bought it. I'm like, come on, honey. What are you doing buying wave pictures? <laughs> that, was, that inspired me to go out there and say, shit, I'm going to go out and take my own, and I... I don't know. Timing was right. I was 38, um, you know, mature. I, 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 just, and I, I just wanted a nice big picture for our, our house. Um, got it. And we got, got a few it. now, but I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting, you know. I mean, uh, that's what really drove me to, to kind of do it and get that professional camera and take it from there. Yeah.
2: You talked about working at the botanical garden and i mean that had to be a huge leap of faith obviously you're not doing that anymore so leaving the security of health benefits and a retirement package to pursue photography can you tell me about that was your wife supportive of it what was that leap of faith
3: like yeah it was it was crazy it was it, I was there for 17 plus years I had weekends off I was the supervisor of 27 acres of native and tropical plants from all over the world 30 minutes from my house I mean I had medical dental holiday pay I mean geez 21 days sick leave vacation it was it was the gravy train and I and I and I liked it it was a great nature. It was nature. I'm a nature freak. Whether it's in the water or it's on land, you know, I love, I love nature. So, um, it just got to a point where I was. <laughs> shooting a lot, and, and and of course going to work, and then passing the beautiful waves, thinking, oh my gosh, I could be shooting, and it started to stretch me too thin, and I was doing both, and um, I had to dis- make a decision, um, and and yes, it was a very hard decision. My wife was stressed, even my brother was like, I don't know, you're crazy, but he always was supportive, and um, I I finally just had to pull the trigger and. It was the best decision I ever made because I could put 110% into photography at that time and it really took off. Once I resigned from the job and I could put, you know, every minute into my uh, photography and shooting, I swear the door just blew open and I I was traveling and I was getting awards and getting all these beautiful, you know, things and pictures and then the gallery and that just thing just started to happen.
2: Interesting. Do you remember like a first moment, maybe it was while you were still at the botanical garden that you realized that you could actually make a living from photography?
3: Uh, I mean, I can't remember the moment, but there was just, you know, we started selling in a couple galleries. So we're making a little income just from prints. Uh, that yeah. was the very beginning. And then, you know, like, uh, Hawaiian airlines did a, big you know story and that was huge i mean people started going hey god i saw you on the you know Hawaii." You know, at that time people actually read the the in-flight magazines i think um yeah <laughs> and now they're on their phone right so uh but yeah totally it was it was good timing and then of course you know today's show and we came out with a shorebreak the first shorebreak book the original one the shorebreak art of clark little and i just kind of wanted to put my you know flag in the sand and and sort of claim it and put all these beautiful shorebreak shots in, in, in a, um, a coffee table book. And, and I did that. And, you know, I ordered 10,000 books. It was two 40-foot and containers from, from China. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, uh, 200,000 bucks. It was the craziest. That was gnarlier than resigning from my city job because I, I had to borrow money and... Um, you know, to to get these, these books printed, uh, and, uh, You financed it yourself? Yeah, I did. I self, it was, Oh my gosh. I was working with Chronicle and I swear right at the very end. they're like, Oh, we'll give you, you know, 40 K and some, you know, whatever percent and all that. And I, at the last minute, I'm like, you know what the hell with it, I'm going to borrow money. I'm going to just self, you know, do it myself. And I did that. And it was, that was another great decision. And it was huge. It's just like, you know, giving everybody a portfolio, of your work all over the world so you know we sold it you know globally and you know we got great fans in Australia UK and Canada and Japan and so we we, we sold all those books I think we have a few you know a few left um, which I mean it, it's it's been a crazy crazy ride crazy ride
2: dude that it that is so gnarly that's such a commitment what year did you leave the botanical garden
3: uh i'm thinking about 2008 or 2009 okay so maybe nine years ago is my guess um yeah i think i've been shooting for 10 plus years now a short but long 10 years yeah yeah no kidding let's
2: get back to the shore break just for a minute because um When I was a kid, I mean, I went and played and body surfed in five foot shore break and felt like it was a real threat to my health and well-being. Like I could easily break my neck out there. And the stuff that we see now, the stuff that you're doing, and there just seems to be a million amateurs out there um, shooting as well, like a real hubris with people not understanding the real threat that's involved. Have you ever suffered any serious injuries or traumas from shore pound um
3: <clears throat> you're right about the <clears throat> million people <laughs> but uh doing it now uh yeah there there's there's i mean i got for me luckily i've i've well i've separated my shoulder getting sucked over in the dry sand and and you know crunched um i've got staples in my head um from a housing or from the housing from the housing both times oh, wow. from the housing um so yeah i mean there's there's definitely dangerous i mean <clears throat> the more you do it the more you kind of have it down and and kind of where to it's all about timing and where you're going to place place yourself to get that shot and sneak out of the the most dangerous situations um so like most of the time on a kind of good sized day i'm out there kind of timing it trying to get into the most critical section of the barrel as it's breaking over getting that shot and sneaking out the back I, I, that's that's the right. goal. Every time, that's the goal. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way, and I get sucked over the falls. And hopefully, I got a good breath. And you get pounded, then you get another two or three or more on the on the head. And that's that's where <clears throat> you kind of got to be in shape and kind of know: oh, should I go in or go out? There's there's always this this moment, especially you know you see a big set coming. You have to go in towards the beach to time it perfectly as it's jacking up, and you know coming 10 15 feet you know towards you so the, it, you or otherwise you won't get the shot so if you watch a lot of the guys they'll usually get sucked out too far because they don't want to commit mm-hmm. commit to it really um it's like taking off a pipe on a huge wave and and you know like hesitating you can't hesitate you got to kind of be in it parked
2: even if you haven't suffered a major trauma i would i i would imagine it still takes a huge toll on your body physically. What's your diet? Do you have to have a specific diet, physical regime just to keep your body in shape for that type of work?
3: Uh, I mean, (laughs) I I just kinda do my my thing. For me, the, the best case scenario is the more I shoot, the stronger I get at shooting. Even on the days where it's not really good, I'm still having fun, cloudy. I'm still shooting two, three, four hours. Cause of course it's the kicking. Um, I mean, that's my engine, right, is my legs and swim fins. Right. I, I couldn't do it without the swim fins. I will not go out without swim fins, you know, unless it's like a dry sand day where it's heaving on the on the shore. But um, so the more I swim, the more I kick, the more I'm carrying that 10-pound camera. You know, my right, my left hand is my... Another is my kind of like my rudder, you know, I'm pulling, pushing, pulling, pushing, uh, as well as my, you know, my, my engine and my legs. And then my right hand, of course, <laughs> gosh, I can't imagine how many times I lift it up and down and, uh, through a, through a session, especially, you know, four to six hour session. But, um, that kind of helps train all my muscles, um, for shooting shore break.
2: Are you, have you run into any limitations in the shore break? Like, um, either with wave height or maybe just the weight and size of the housing that limits the ability to kind of do what you're hoping to
3: do no you know what no which is i'm so stoked like i can still do everything i mean i am not young um i'm 49 and i'm still running around with these teenagers (laughs) in the shore break it's kind of funny um but everyone's calling me uncle now and i but i i still i still am able to do everything um you know it might not be as speedy when it's running running down into we call it run and gun when you're running into the the dry sand shore break and those are the heavy days where you know it literally pounds right on the sand and it sucks you probably 50 to 100 feet plus over the berm uh-huh. um, up and over and uh those are the days where I, I get a little sore on the way i'm hobbling up the beach a little bit but uh yeah, I mean, on the big days, I when I, when it's really big, I I, I go to the drone. Um, if if it looks if it looks a little sketchy, I'll just take my drone up, and I can get similar shots. Sometimes um, you know the aerials look different, and they're kind of cool too.
2: You talked about, or we talked about, the influx of shorebreak photographers. What's that experience been like for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's. I, so in the beginning of course i'm like oh my gosh there's another clark little you know i gotta you know look at this dude trying to copy me i kind of got bent i was like oh no you know because i had my little gig and 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 you know i was you know felt i was the showbreak guy or whatever and then after a while yeah I mean, there was so many and, and and there's hey you know there's people out there that get better shots sometimes and and all it does you know to me i'm just like of course yeah i'm a little jealous i'm not gonna lie but at the same time i'm like you know what Hey, maybe I'm going to try that. Hey, that looks different, you know. So I'm I'm looking at it as I'm just kind of embracing it and, and saying, hey, you know what? These guys are having just as much fun as me. So long you don't go right in front of my face and shoot right in front of this perfect wave, I'm, I'm cool. And most people respect that. It's like it's like surfing, right? You you know, the guy on the inside yeah. has, the, has the spot and the right-of-way. And it's the same thing with shooting. And most people get it. Sometimes I have to bark, I admit. You know, hey, dude, I'm shooting right into that. You just, you know, you came right in front of me. And most guys yeah. will say, hey, oh, sorry, sorry. You know, I, I understand. And they'll go behind you and stuff. But um, It's, it's like I said, I I would lose sleep if I didn't, you know, if I worried about it, I'd lose sleep and I'm not going to do that. I I, I just kind of like, Hey, you know what? These guys are all thrilled and having fun. And I understand their addiction (laughs) because it's real. It is fun getting into big barrels, going home, getting on your computer, downloading it. Looking at it, editing it, and it's just, I mean, you get to relive the thrill and have that thrill in a picture for right. the rest of your life. It's not just the vision where you're totally. surfing, but you can come back and you can print it and I can sell that 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 feeling, right? I mean, that feeling that yeah, I'm capturing, right. I can sell that as well as just share it with people. Um, like I said, back to the beginning with one push of the button and with technology and, 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 you know, like I said, it's more happy people in this world is, is, is killer and, and and awesome.
2: That's a very, uh, magnanimous and generous way of looking at it. So I commend you for that. I feel like there's also just. A barrier of entry, which is you got to go out and get pounded. If you want to get the shot, you got to get pounded and pay your dues. So that probably limits the number of photographers a little bit, I would think.
3: Big time. No, when it's when it's big and and good, you know, like handleable for me uh, and a few other people, it. I mean, there's probably. 1 to 5 people out when it's when it's really good size. So, but you don't get that crowd that we're talking about the millions, you know, but uh and I don't go to Sandy Beach where there are millions or hundreds or whatever people. I mean, I stick with the, you know, Kaiki Shorebreak, Waimea Shorebreak and other various spots along this beautiful North Shore. Um that's kind of like where I get everything. I mean I got a few shots of Tahiti, I've got a few shots in California, I've got a few shots in the Outer Islands, but nothing compares to the North Shore of Oahu. This is the best place as far as I'm concerned. I've traveled a lot of places, this is the best place in the world to shoot not just wave photography but everything. We have everything. Whales, sharks, turtles, dolphins, I mean we got coconut trees, white sandy beaches, sunset, sunrise, rainbows, I mean everything we have here on the North Shore of Hawaii. I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to capture and share with people
2: it's so gnarly because i think so many photographers whether it's surf or landscape or seascape photographers they spend most of their time on the road you know trying to get beautiful locations and it yeah it seems like almost all of your location all of your images came from your own backyard
3: it's crazy and you know lately with this technology and stuff i mean you know, I share, of course, I dig up old stuff and share some cool turtle shots or a killer wave shot from, from you know, a long time ago or whatnot. And, but lately, just with the drones and stuff, I mean, I'm getting fresh content daily. I mean, it's just, it's fun. I mean, there was a rainbow the other day, and then, you know, the whales were jumping, and then the shore break got really good. And, I mean, it's constant, in the boogie boarders, I mean, that's a fun thing, too. I mean, I, I of course, I'm, I'm in shore break all the time, so I get body boarders, and those guys are, it's crazy as can be it's fun to watch them you know take off and whether the same thing with them when i used to surf the shore i didn't make it they don't make it either but they love it the thrill of just you know trying yeah. to make trying to make the drop sometimes they go over the falls on 10 foot waves and i'm just under them capturing it and it's it's pretty fun i mean it people always write i see them writing you know why do they do it doesn't make sense what do you mean doesn't make sense it's the thrill that adrenaline rush feels good you know <laughs> so totally it's hard to kind of explain it and you know, like they say only the surfer knows the feeling it's the same thing as shore shorebreak, dude whether you're shooting it whether you're boogie boarding it whether you're surfing it um that feeling is, is is priceless and um we all thrive and and when the waves are good it's on
2: i think you obviously had a long runway of kind of space between you and other photographers in terms of shooting shore break because you were surfing it and you knew how to manage it um, you're expressing a lot of passion for your drone photography are you worried at all that like You're not first in that market. And then secondly, what is your unique perspective that you can offer as a photographer as opposed to somebody else with a
3: drone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just doing what I love. Um, I'm just taking the technology. It kind of goes back to shooting the show. I know where that perfect wedge is going to (laughs) break. I know Mm -hmm. where the hollow spot is. I know kind of... I feel I know where to go and where to be and get those cool, unique looks. Um, I have a great platform to share it um, already. Uh, and so I, I'm not concerned of, you know, if I, like I said, if I see something cool out there, um, I'll, I'll even try to, you know, um, <laughs> copy it. Hey, if it looks beautiful, sure. I'm going to go out there and I'll try to get something and I'll one-up it. If, um, you know, and, and but no, the Shorebreak, is still my baby, right? That's kind of my my, yeah. my go-to thing. And then that's, that's probably still my favorite is getting in the water. Water, salt water therapy is priceless. You know, the drone stuff totally. I'm doing as a... You know, it's like on the side. And, and um, I never thought that it would be that popular. So I'm selling drone shots, and they're just as popular as my shorebreak shots in our gallery and online. Wow. So that tells you something right there. I mean, it's working, and, and, I'm, and I'm having a, a blast. I mean, a lot of it is abstract. A lot of it is art. It's not just waves. It's just it's art. It's, it's, it's a weird wave with the, the suction. You know, you can see the curves in the, in the curl. Uh, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. looking at a perfect wave. You're getting the backs of the waves. You're getting the front of the wave. You're getting angles that you couldn't get with in in, in the water. So if yeah. I can add all these things of shore break into my regular water sh- shore break shots of inside the tube, then I'm just broadening my uh, my work.
2: That makes sense. Have there been any? Um, have you seen any shore break around the world that you want to actually go shoot and visit? Do you have any desti- dream destinations?
3: She's. Ah! And I don't think everyone comes to Kiki Shorebreak every year. I know, yeah. To go to, 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 to shoot and, and, and to surf that. Um, but I've. I've. I've Cabo, I've heard there's some crazy dry sand waves, which would be kind of cool. You know, the ones that break right on the shore. Um, yeah. yeah. I've seen Australia mutant waves that look so awesome just for. Um, but that's not even. That's not. That's like reef um sure yeah i haven't i haven't i haven't seen anything that's more unique than Keiki shore shorebreak there's so many looks yeah. at Keiki different lips faces uh sandbars um it's always different over there and um you know i mean tahiti i went I, you know, I shot chopes and that was kind of gnarly. And I, I prefer sand bottom <laughs> so you can bounce off okay. of it uh, than reef. Um, that's yeah. another reason why I like shore break and not pipeline and backdoor because the crowd, number one. Number two, it's reef on the bottom so you can't get sucked over. I mean, you can get sucked over and get hurt. So, um. I'm always interested.
2: RealWaterSports.com. We are partnering with Real Water Sports this month to give away a surfboard. We do these surfboard giveaways as a thank you to our loyal listeners who are paid subscribers and support our work at five dollars a month you could set up that subscription on surfsplendorpodcast.com normally we work with a shaper and last month it was dennis jarvis making that fireball fish congratulations by the way to sam powers for winning that thing but this month we're going to allow you to select a board any board from real water sports inventory They have 1,500 boards in inventory, so certainly something that will suit you. And uh, go to their website, peruse their inventory right now, get ready. And then on January 1st, we will select one name at random among our paid subscribers. And that person will be able to select the board from Real, and Real will ship it to you no matter where you are in the world. It's part of their incredible business that they run daily. Shipping boards all around the world to everyone. So go check them out. And then if you aren't currently a subscriber, but you want to get in on this, It's only five bucks a month, but it is foundational support for this work that we do weekly here on Surf Splendor and uh, all the podcasts that we produce under this network moniker. So you can do that on surfsplendorpodcast.com. I will thank you in advance for that consideration, and I will thank realwatersports.com for helping us with this and also providing such easy gifting opportunities for everyone's Christmas shopping. So realwatersports.com and surfsplendorpodcast.com. Thanks and athleticgreens.com/surf is also offering you the gift of health and vitality throughout this holiday season. Go to athleticgreens.com/surf and you can sign up they will send you a pouch of powder to your door every month super easy simple convenient to use you've heard us talk about it. All you do is mix one ounce of green powder with water, eight ounces of water, drink it daily, and it'll fill all the nutritional gaps in your diet. And you could just check your nutritional and diet box for the day within the first minutes of waking up. It's just a 20-second process. So athleticgreens.com surf, and you will get five free travel packs and also a year's supply of vitamin D to go with that. So enjoy that. Happy holidays. Athleticgreens.com surf. always interested. Um, as your business has grown, I'm always interested in just understanding how other people manage their life. And uh, you, obviously, you could shoot endlessly on a on a day where there's waves. But at the same time, if you allowed your business obligations to take over, you could probably spend 24 hours a day responding to emails. And flying to other places in the world to do signings and things like that. So, how do you divide your time between shooting and creating the raw content, and then honoring those business business obligations?
3: I, yeah, I mean, my family's number one always. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, so if, you know, there's a game or my kid's going to travel. I'm going to go with him, you know, to or her to to, to places. Um, and yeah, a lot of times. Okay, so I have a great manager um uh, who who takes care of a lot of the behind the scenes stuff i have an insane operations manager who basically oversees the gallery and the website and they kind of help filter it for me Um, they can they already know to answer some of my questions um and without that team i wouldn't have the flexibility or freedom that i do most of the time i'm out i can just go and i can go shoot um and, and not, not have to think about all that other things like you're saying the obligations and stuff. Once in a while, you know, Hurley will come along and they say, hey, we got a new release. Let's, you know, come to California for a couple of days. No problem. I, I don't mind doing that. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe I'll check the swell first. You know, I mean, I do that a lot. Is Like even this morning, I had to... I mean, we were going to do, I think... A, different interview at a different time. And I had to postpone it because the waves were perfect. I don't want to miss out on that hour of, of, of perfect waves. And, and luckily I had that luxury to do that is, is to, to, you know, Hey, let's, let's do it next, next week or, you know, in a few days.
2: That was funny when we first scheduled this, they, um, booked it at like a week or so in advance. And I thought that was odd. I was like, I don't, it's not really how the surfing world works. It's okay if we just do it on the fly on a random Thursday afternoon when the winds turn bad, you know, because you can't predict it. And and in fact, you guys did. You guys scored earlier this week, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. Dude. We. I mean, Mother Nature, you never know. Um, I like to do morning. Uh, I shoot <laughs> at the same time, sort of, but I can talk in the morning. When I have my coffee, I always feel better. I mean, usually, you know, afternoon, I take my nap and I'm kind of dragging, so.
2: Well, what about um, managing time in terms of who's processing all of your photos? If you're shooting for four, five, six hours a day, that's five, six hours of processing in the end. Do you do all that yourself?
3: I wish I had a Peter King La Jolla, but I don't. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, with video, sometimes Peter actually does some stuff, but I... I um, I do everything, which is super fun at times and super draining at times. It just all depends. Yeah. When the waves are perfect, it's pretty easy to pick out those one or two or three keepers. Um, when it's not as good, you might need to edit a little bit more to make it good, uh, which is which is hard and takes a lot more time. Um, and, and, you know, I went into the gallery just a couple days ago, and I looked and uh, up, and I was like, it's the first time now. This is the first time in 10 years or whatever that I looked at, and I was like, holy macro. I looked at all those pictures, and I'm like, dang, because they have, like, a collage yeah, of all these different... I'm like, that's a lot of photos. You know, and I had to edit each and every one of those, and uh, I was talking yeah. to some customers, and I mean, just... I've yeah. never... Sometimes I don't have time to stand back and reflect and look and go, wow, holy macro. there's 100 right. shots I edited. I mean, just think of the hours and days and months it took for me to to do that i mean in a way that's just it trips me out so um yeah i i still do it all um i one time i tried to uh have somebody do it but then i was going back and forth like oh no i like it this way i like it that way it's like what what am i gonna do i might as well do it myself (laughs) you know and uh
2: yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too is like so much work goes into just getting the one magical shot out of a thousand photos that you take that it'd be a shame if the editor is clicking through the images and just looks over that one and doesn't recognize what you were trying to achieve, you know.
3: Exactly, and that's what it is. It's the you know, I it's the artist. So like I am the artist. I can pick out what I feel is worthy and what I th- feel is unique. Um and I mean just like my Instagram, I mean I post uh, I have to make the decisions, right? So I post what I feel is cool or different or you know, I mean um, it's nice to have control. I guess you could say, uh, um, yeah, and, and it it's my, it's my eye. What people see is my eye and, and what I, I choose. And that's kind of fun, uh, to give them something yeah. genuine, right. And real. So, sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: in that 10 years, you've covered a tremendous amount of ground and got a lot of accolade. It's your work's been exhibited in the Smithsonian published in national geographic and life magazines. You've done commercial work for apple and Starbucks. What has been the most surreal reward that you've received from your work?
3: Gosh, I love. I mean, I love all that stuff. I mean, it's the National Geographic thing was, of course, unbelievable. I couldn't put two page spread, and and (laughs) I would have paid them, and they paid me. I was like, holy macro, you know, just such an honor. And then in the Smithsonian getting the award for um, the Oceans Award and the Natural. history whatever what the heck they call it it was insane man I, I was like blown away um you know i went to dubai to meet the prince i thought that was really crazy because he liked my instagram feed um
2: i don't i don't know that story can you tell me more about that
3: it was crazy so the no the prince so my manager emails me and says hey the prince wants to uh wants to meet you, he likes your work. I'm like, What what? He's all well I don't know if it's legit, you know, he couldn't tell either. He said, But if the tickets come in, they're gonna fly me and you first class, all expenses paid, uh, to Dubai to to meet him and, and that's what we did. We went there for three days, didn't spend a penny. The guy was such a cool dude. Um and what? um Yeah, and we, we and we came home. So I went to the Middle East. <laughs> it was like How is how is Dubai? Dubai was insane when especially when you have, you know, the prince's right-hand men picking you up and taking you all over the place and i mean we went to the biggest aquarium swam in it we went to the tallest building into the vip room and we you know we we got to do you know check the dolphins we did we did a lot of fun things and um it, we were taken care of you know like kings it was pretty radical and uh you know i felt safe and it Dubai's clean and beautiful i mean at least where we were it was really really nice and um yeah. I mean, just jumping in the airplane was a, was a trip in the first class. It was, it was crazy. Did
2: you get to surf that wave pool over there?
3: We didn't, we didn't, we just we just did a few things, and it's kind of gnarly because it's the opposite time, so by the no three mention. three days, I was, I mean, you get pretty tired, and finally just adjusting, and then we were headed home, so, um, but just, just to experience it, just to say I went to the Middle East was was pretty cool, and like I said, the Prince was really cool, and he loves, you know, like sports and stuff, so water sports.
2: And he's on Instagram, apparently.
3: Oh, he sure is, dude, he still comments on my stuff, I'm like, <laughs> oh wow, cool, the Prince just commented, it's pretty rad, dude. Dude, you know, Prince of Dubai, he have a the big guy's going to take, take over the place after his pops. And I'm like, and he's like cool and communicating with me. I'm like, wow, that's, this is rad. <laughs> so, so
2: unbelievable. Um, you referenced that two page spread in Nat Geo and you actually talked about it in the film as well. The Shorebreak film. You, you mentioned that you had submitted that image to Surfer Magazine and then you were really crestfallen because they actually declined to run it. So a couple months later when Nat Geo ran it, you were obviously thrilled. Do you feel at all like, um, like, or do you feel like you've been embraced by surf media or do you feel like they've kind of been short-sighted and narrow-focused on what they view as worthy stories and images for the surf world?
3: Well, that's a good one. I mean, it's 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 a mixed bag. Um Sometimes it's sometimes I feel the love, sometimes I don't. It just all depends. I mean, for me, um, like the National Geographic, the Marlin, uh, which they ran, it's just like a backwash, almost looks like a glass sculpture. I knew in my heart that this thing is incredible. I remember sharing it with my mom and them, and I. I remember emailing to I said, "And like, don't don't share this with anybody. You know, don't." I was that paranoid because I knew it was, it was a a cool shot. And um, yeah, I did send it to Surfer, and they just, oh yeah, oh cool. They just kind of didn't think anything of it. But I'm like, come on, this is insane. And so, yeah, when National Geographic contacted me and said they wanted to run it, I was like, wow. And it was crazy because they wanted the raw and they because you know they don't want anything touched up and it was it was pretty insane um like thorough how they 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 you know uh, picked out the image and, and all the like kind of the rules yeah. that they they threw out there before they would publish it and uh but yeah finally they did and um it was it was a thrill and i mean obviously to to, to this day the surf industry is huge you know whether it's the wsl i mean you know it's a big part of what I do I'm in the ocean all the time I know you know so I shoot surfers sometimes um but there's a broader art world out there that um uh that that I think that our my photography uh goes out to than just the surf community and people just love just you know wave art and and that's kind of um what I like to do
2: yeah I don't feel any ill will towards the surf media or magazines obviously they're um catering to a certain clientele and they know what their clientele wants so they can pick whatever images they want but I do wonder sometimes if they are short-sighted or maybe narrow-minded in anticipating what their clientele wants you know because obviously that image has widespread appeal and um, yeah so I just wonder if maybe they're underestimating their own client base sometimes and not that magazine specifically but just surf media as a whole
3: I don't know exactly I mean I don't think, yeah, I mean, empty waves even in general, right, from a surfer in a barrel, um, you know, surfing magazines, I think they have a little bit more of that maybe. Um, I think I've seen some covers of aerial shots, and I think they're trying to get a little creative a little bit. Um, But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just love being, honestly, in my own world and kind of sort of just doing my passion um, and, yeah. and let, letting people you know enjoy what I capture and, and like I said, being able to just share all this beauty that we have here in Hawaii. Uh, I can make the decisions and choices of what I want to do, where I want to go, when I want to do it, and I love that flexibility. Without that flexibility, I wouldn't be able to be free and feel good. I want to go out there when I shoot and I want to feel it. I don't want to be like, you know uh, having to go and shoot. I, 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 I yeah. want to go out there and, and get excited about it. I mean, when I'm getting chicken skin, you know, whether it's shooting a 10 foot shore break wave or, or a shark or whale, I mean, to me, that's that, that is true passion. And, and like I said, if, if I can kind of transfer that feeling to people, it's, it's an awesome, uh, ordeal.
2: If it ever did feel like it was a job or like you had to go shoot something specific, I think it would translate through the work and not be as good of work you know it's much better to be fueled by passion
3: I would retire yeah totally <laughs> not, you know 10 years you know later right right now let's say the present um, I'm still just as passionate as I was back then and now I know that much more of what to shoot uh, what people like what people don't like um, which gives me another edge uh, I think and yeah. um, and and you know a lot of people won't shoot for four hours with the clouds and wait for that sun to pop out i will still because it doesn't matter if i get nothing i'm still out there for four hours having fun getting in big tubes and that's that's i kind of like pk did a little clip on me and it just kind what drives you You know, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm addicted to short I'll just keep shooting, shooting, shooting. Even if I get nothing, I'm still having an absolute blast. So that being said, I don't think a lot of people, well, now, of course, a lot of people do with technology and GoPro, but in general, it takes a certain person um, with a certain, you know, personality to be able to go out there for that many hours and still be thrilled and not want to go in, I guess. What's
2: your current relationship like with surfing?
3: Um, Like me standing up on a surfboard? Yeah. I I don't surf. I haven't surfed in a couple years. I just, if I'm surfing even before and the wave's perfect, I'm like, dude, I should have my camera. <laughs> I'm missing out. Wow. Um, Yeah, no, I just, to me, shooting is therapy uh, as well as, I get the same shooting, I get the same surfed out feeling as a surfer would. Amazing. So if I'm, if I'm out there for three hours, I felt like I just surfed for three hours, except... I got to go home and look over all that beautiful footage I just shot. <laughs> it's a win-win, not just to, not just to kind of surf and get that vision, but you get to take it home and relive it.
2: That's fascinating. I've, I've thought about that a lot. Cause I, you know, you go through phases in your life where you're busy with work and you don't surf as much. And, um, the more I talk to people who are like very avid surfers, they, um, talk about You know surfing can be a lot of different things it's not necessarily just standing on the wave but they'll get into like uh canoeing or something and they're like this is surfing for me or stand up paddling and this is the new experience of exploring the ocean and testing one's limits and all that sort of stuff that surfing used to provide
3: if i look back you know 11 years ago i didn't have a camera you know so just go figure it's just the craziest thing and um very blessed and, and very fortunate. I mean, obviously, without my family and, and the, that lifestyle that I have, I mean, right now I'm, you know, ready to jump <laughs> jump in. The waves and conditions are really nice. We've got variable conditions right now. So I got my new drone, and um, I'm going to head down there and maybe bring my water housing in case we get some small, clean waves. And uh, it just it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. and yeah. and, uh, and I'm still driven to get that next perfect shot. And, and that's just the way it is.
2: Well, I will um, give you a couple of closing questions so that you can get out there. I'm curious, as a guy who's found so much success on Instagram, what are your favorite Instagram accounts to follow?
3: Huh, that's interesting. Um, you know, uh, what are my favorite Instagram accounts? I mean WSL, I do just because I love to watch when the waves are good. Um, you know, clips—they yeah. got some pretty cool stuff. Um, you know, whether it's Tahiti or Pipeline, I mean that's always nice. Um, and and there's, I mean, I don't follow Slams, but I do see it sometimes. I mean, there's some funny stuff in there. <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's, gosh, you know, there's Peter King photo, dude. That guy's a legend. I mean, that's that's you know insane. And uh, <laughs> hey,
2: we've we've said it before. But Peter King is kind of the, he is the man behind the scenes that is responsible for a lot of people's success. And he's silent about it. He doesn't really ask for that much attention, but he is propping up Brett Simpson with tour notes, you know, a while back. The Clark Little stuff he's done has been amazing. So definite shout out to Peter King.
3: Yeah. If it wasn't for him and Darren Doan, I wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't have been able to put that movie together. I wouldn't have been able to have the movie. Um, And and, then, yeah, it was, it's, it's been a great, I mean, the shore break, and then we got the TV series on OutsideTV.com, so it's just, it's a mixture of, of, uh, great stuff, and without, you know, PK and, and Darren and, and everybody behind the scenes, my manager and all that stuff, uh, you know, we wouldn't have, Clark Little photography wouldn't be the same, and so I'm just, I'm lucky to have them, um, kind of behind the scenes, uh, backing me and, and working with me, and, um, I wouldn't do it if i didn't enjoy hanging with uh pk it makes it more natural for me we 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 we, th- we thrive off each other's photos and and just going out there and shooting i mean it's it's we both are passionate we both can feed off yeah. each yeah. other's um interests and uh so it's just it's a win-win man all the way around
2: tell me about the outside tv series real quick
3: yeah so outside tv.com just picked up uh 10 episodes of our Shorebreak television, so we made the Shorebreak movie, and these are just some TV series where I'm giving people pointers and tips on photography of how I do it, where I do it, um, what I do, and so it's kind of a neat thing for people that are inspired and people that are interested in photography, wave photography, photography. and it, it can kind of give them a head start uh you know kind of boost them a couple years of that trial and error and and um it's fully it's really fun it's fun i mean i had fun filming it and we have we've been really stoked on the feedback and so i think you just go to outside tv and, and download a free app and then you can you can get these episodes um and so yeah i'm, I'm stoked that outside tv's uh supporting us and Uh, it's neat for people to be able to uh, watch it and 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 kind of get a heads up on what I do
2: I'm really grateful for it too I think they've done a really killer job and I'm glad to see people outside of the surf industry like outside getting involved and showing some of the stories they did one with they did a series with John John on his film view from a blue moon they did one with Taylor Steele on proximity and um, they do a really great job so I was psyched to see that you were working with them
3: yeah it's awesome man we're stoked and uh yeah we just keep keep the engine going man it's 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 fun we're in overdrive now and a lot of beautiful things in the last you know 10 11 years have happened and i am super grateful and like i said still just as driven as ever and can't wait to get out there right now
2: well congrats on all your success clark
3: thanks man appreciate it
2: clarklittlephotography.com or on Instagram at clarklittle and uh, man he has done such incredible work Uh, just in the last five years since we recorded this conversation he's expanded his business quite a bit he has multiple galleries where you can go visit and see this stuff in person one thing that um, has become really popular I've seen is the Clark Little calendars so the 2023 calendar is available right now Um, Go check that out, you can grab them for yourself, grab it for gifts, that's a great stocking stuffer type gift that you can give to people, kind of an add-on thing. Um, The book that we discussed, he's got three books out now actually, but the books are also available on clarklittlephotography.com, so all sorts of killer work presented in lots of formats, not just large pieces that you would hang on your wall. Check it all out, and thank you, Clark Little, for doing this way back when. I appreciate that. And thank you, listeners, for supporting our work always. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Hope that you are getting waves wherever you are in the world. The Vans Pipe Masters is starting shortly, so that's something to enjoy and look forward to. We have been discussing it this week over on Spit with Scott Bass, and then on The Grit with Chaz Smith as well. Big shakeups going on in that world. Lots going on in Hawaii, of course, as that season kicks off and gets underway. So it's a great time to be a surfer. It's a great time to be a fan of surfing. Lots going on. And as always, we'll be discussing it weekly. So enjoy that. And I'll be back here next week with an all-new episode of Surf Splendor. Until then, this is David Scales signing off and reminding you to get back into the ocean, share a couple of waves, and as always, shred on. Thanks. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com/surf. That's linkedin.com/surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.